welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. episode of Up Close and Virtual, I am absolutely delighted to welcome Lucy Everett, the holistic business coach, as my guest. Lucy started out as a junior buyer, so retail, transitioning first to an EA role and then into running her own VA business before launching the holistic business coach in 2020. Lucy's ethos is business coaching done differently, and she's passionate about female-led small businesses, using the knowledge, skills, and experience she has gained to elevate her clients' success, guiding them to achieving true fulfillment, flexibility, and freedom through their business. Lucy created the Mindful Business Membership in order for female business owners to get support, connect with others and be inspired. Lucy, it's really lovely to have you here today and I can't wait to hear about your business journey. Let's start with you telling us and and our lovely listener about how you got to where you are now. Wow, just want to say thank you for such a lovely intro. That was really oh. Thank you, Katie, and thank you for having me. Um, okay, so you asked me how I got to where I am now, I think. Didn't you? Yeah, well, it's been a journey because, as you said, I worked in buying for almost 10 years. I worked in fashion retail for almost 10 years. I was a jewellery buyer. And um, actually, it's it's all of that. And then my work as an EA that led me to doing what I started doing in 2018, which was to set up my VA business. Yeah. But yes, it's been, I'm 40 now. I turned 40 this year. So, and I graduated when I was 21. So like almost 20 years ago since I graduated. And um, I would say everything that I picked up in my, you know, that journey, having two very different jobs, working in buying in fashion and working as an EA, all helped me to get to where I am now. Absolutely. And I guess based on that eclectic mix of backgrounds, so retail and buying is very niche in a lot of ways to them working as an EA in a corporate background. What what, what sort of types of business did you work as an EA for? So it was uh, yeah, in corporate for a deco. So a global HR provider, big, yeah. big recruiter, one yeah. of the top three in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I know them very, very well. I too happen to come from a a recruitment background as well. So that's really interesting. I think recruitment as an industry sector is a fascinating one because you get to see the ins and outs of all sorts of different types of businesses and get to understand and learn how they operate differently. So I guess your business acumen is, is a real mix from that retail and corporate, isn't it? Exactly. And I think that's really that mix has really 
it, it really kind of set that fire light inside of me to think, okay, what can I do with this? Because I had the creative background, which was the buying and fashion. And I have a fashion degree. So I studied fashion for three years. Um, I'm a very creative person. So I had that, those 10 years traveling the world, sourcing, designing and sourcing jewelry, which was just every, you know, dream for a lot of girls. It was amazing. And then I had this experience working in a corporate environment, very, very different. But like you say, getting to understand business in a very different way. And that for me was really invaluable. And I was lucky enough to, I think this is the holy grail when you're an EA, working with an amazing boss yes, and yeah. and working with someone who really believed in me, who I was kind of, you know, when I applied for that job, I was taking a chance because I'd never been an EA before, but I had a lot of transferable skills. I'd kind of got to the point with buying where I felt like, this is I'm done with this I'd kind of got to where I wanted to get to and I wanted something different and fashion and retail is a very it, it's not a particularly pleasant industry um cutthroat, isn't it it's is very cutthroat so when I went for that job as an EA he really took a chance on me because I'd never done it before and even to this day now I'm, I'm good friends with him and I have so much to thank him for because I really believe if he hadn't given me that job I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now I really believe that that's quite interesting though isn't it because you must have been doing an exceptionally good job for him for the relationship to have extended all this time so credit where it's due you've obviously done a very good job for him to be able to extend that relationship I think that's really impressive being a buyer versus being an EA is obviously a significantly different role but what were the skills that you learned as an EA that have been invaluable to you into that VA arena yeah there's a there's a few here actually and I think I was thinking about this earlier I was thinking actually I think two of the most important things when you're an EA and then a VA are being proactive Mm. initiative but actually do you learn those things or are you just that kind of person and actually I think I'm just that kind of person so that EA job what it gave me was like I said I had a boss who allowed me to be so involved in the business and to explore any area that I wanted. He said to me at my interview, you can get involved in marketing, in finance, in HR, whatever you want. As long as you do what I need you to do, I want you to explore whatever you want to do. And and I did that. So I think being very involved in the business, sitting in those SMT meetings, those board meetings, listening, because some people wouldn't listen, right? Some people, you know, they probably wouldn't really care. But I listened and I took on board what was happening to the point where, you know, a year in, we were making decisions on stuff together. And he would come to me and say, what do you think about this? And it was just the most amazing thing to be able to feel that he trusted me and he wanted to hear my opinions on things. In many ways, I had my ear to the ground more than he did because I was working more with his direct reports than he was. Um, But really seeing how a global business operated gave me that appetite for more. And I think even before I was thinking about it actively, those cogs were whirring and I was thinking, okay, what could I do with this maybe? I think that's really fascinating because I think that that learning through osmosis and watching and listening is, I think, the foundation for any really good professional, um, because you can actually pick and choose the good bits from the people who are around you. So you can differentiate quite easily between the good, the bad and the ugly. So you can take the the things that resonate with you, the behaviours, the moral standards, um, the communication styles, and then you learn because you're seeing it being done in example in real time and you pick that up and then you can run with it and take it with you. I, I, 
I learned a lot of my business acumen on exactly those bases. I mean, you know, from some fantastic people who, you know, I still to this day hold in massively high regard. What was your experience like doing that sort of transition piece from sort of fully employed executive assistant into freelance virtual assistant running your own business how uh, what was your experience of setting up your own business I've taken a deep breath because it was a really um it was a time of a lot of change for me my son was six months old and I took redundancy which I didn't really see it coming and whilst the VA idea was something that I'd had maybe I thought when he starts school I might do it I hadn't expected to do it so soon and the redundancy kind of pushed me, you know, I thought, okay, this is the time. So I'm going to do it. But if I'm honest, I had a six month old baby and I just got on with it. I just did what I had to do. And I think the transition from the thing is I've been on maternity leave for six yep. months. So there wasn't for me this moment of, okay, one day I'm in the office, the next day I'm not. So I was used to not being at work. This was 2018. So a couple of years before COVID So the transition into doing the actual work itself, I think, was a fairly easy one. I would say, you know, back then I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I wasn't working with a coach or a mentor. And I had the opportunity because I got my redundant to kind of try and, you know, to to set it up and feel my way around without having to be like, okay, I've got to start making money today. But ultimately, as, as we know, I don't feel like that's possible anyway. You know, there's no overnight success. It takes time. But it was... It was, I look back on it probably with fond memories, I think. Um, but then I look back and I think I was just kind of feeling my way in the dark, really. Yeah, I bet you were. And actually, funnily enough, now that you've just said that, I was made re- redundant on maternity leave has just given me the absolute chills. I mean, that's a whole new conversation in itself. I mean, was it because you were not going to be coming back, do you think? Or was it just that they were shutting massive layers of the business down? Was there anything that emotionally you must have found that really hard particularly with a six-month-old baby I did and I left the office that day and the first person I called was my old boss because he had actually left whilst I was on mat leave he had left so naturally there was a restructure in the business so it wasn't you know we have to get rid of Lucy because she's crap and she's on mat leave and she's not coming back it was there was a restructure and they offered me something and it wasn't going to work and if we think back to 2018 flexible working was not on the table and I did ask them, I said, I can't remember what I wanted, but I wanted a couple of days in the office and a couple of days at home. And it just, it wasn't an, an option. And they, they did give me a couple of options of things I could do in the business. But ultimately, I think I probably knew that if my boss wasn't there who I'd been working with, it was going to be different anyway. And it wasn't going to be the same. So it was almost a sort of a blessing in disguise, maybe, that sort of forced you then to move into something that you were really looking forward to, to doing. Absolutely. And I believe the universe gives us signs. I believe we are presented with exactly what we need at the right time. And that was there for me for the taking. It was the right time. And like I've said to a lot of people over the years, and I've mentored them and coached them, actually, if you're lucky enough to be able to start a business with some money behind you, it's the best position you can be in. And I remember my boss saying to me, my old boss saying to me, people would would love to be in the position you're in, taking redundancy and having some cash behind them to start a business. And so um, I knew it was the right time. Yeah, yeah. Mentally, how did you cope with that sort of redundancy thing? I was really upset about it. And I was really resentful about it. Um, I was upset because 
you know, you can relate to this as a mum, I expect. There was the pre-baby me who was the city girl who was out late drinking Prosecco in the bars and getting the last train home and you know, all of that, you know, that was my life before. Then I had a baby and then I was looking, I was actually looking forward to going back to work. And I probably hadn't really thought that much about the fact that it was going to be very, very different. And I was going to be juggling the train times. And I was going to be that person that was like, I've got to leave at five because I have to get on the train because I have to pick him up from nursery or whatever, or, you know, my parents or grandparents, whatever. So I hadn't really thought about that. So it was, I was really upset about it because there was like, there was a real identity struggle, but it was all just part of me getting used to being a mum and accepting that there wasn't a new me and an old me. There was just me now. This is who I am. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, I have had the unfortunate experience of being made redundant myself. And I, I do remember the emotional toil that it took on me. Um, it's that awful, you know, what do I do now? And how do I cope with all of this? And quite right, you know, I'm a mum, I've got children, you know, what, how? Um, but it's amazing how that really does drive you forward. Uh, there's a sort of drive that comes with it, but it takes a while to sort of adjust to that mahusive, unexpected, unexpected change. You, you said you didn't have any help coaching mentoring or anything like that who who was your go-to when you were stuck in terms of I need to get this started and I don't know where to start you know or I've got to submit my first set of accounts and I really don't know where to go so there was a few people that I got to know in the VA community and I think that's really where I started to get the most support. There was a couple of VAs that started what I did. You probably know Holly Copsey, uh, virtually priceless. So she was one of them and we lived close to each other. So we met at a networking event um, in Chelmsford when I first started and she was, we were kind of a support to each other really. And like what she had learned, she passed on to me. So there were a few VAs that I got to know back then. And I wouldn't say that they were, they were necessarily that further ahead in business than me, but we just sort of came together and supported each other. Um, and that really, really helped. It is helpful. And I th- I'm forever grateful for how incredibly supportive our, our industry sector, I think, is probably what I'm going to call it. But I think we are exceptionally supportive of each other. Um, and there is a wealth of knowledge out there and everybody seems to be very willing to kind of drop their hat in and help. I agree. And that was the first thing I noticed about being a VA is that there was this huge community of people that were willing to be really supportive in it. Wasn't something that I'd experienced before because I think back when I was in the city, there weren't so many EA networks as there even seem to be now that, you know, there's lots of things that happen now for EAs and there just didn't seem to be that. And I actually want to say that um, just looking back on what we said, there was when I, I took redundancy. So, I don't, you know, I don't want there to be any comeback in there, you know, thinking yes. that maybe we yeah. under unfortunate circumstances, you know, they offered me roles that didn't work. So I took redundancy, but I never had there was there was never that kind of. EA community in the same way that there's the VA community we had a a team of VAs and we supported each other but there was never like this um networking opportunities that there seem to be now for EAs in the city which I really love I think it's come on leaps and bounds I really do and I think it's it's you know women supporting women and I'm going to ask you in, in a second about that sort of female networking um but I think 
we've come a long way from the days of women being very, very competitive against each other, rather than today, I genuinely find that women are much more supportive of each other than they ever have been. And thank God they are, because the power in that is extraordinary. Let's talk about the networking, um, particularly sort of the female small business networking. Um how important is that to you now? I mean, you've alluded to it, but let's get into a bit more detail about it. I think it is the most important thing because it's all that we have as small business owners, isn't it? Is, you know, we don't have colleagues, really, unless you have a team of people working with you. We don't generally have colleagues. Mm. So I value connection so, so much. And exactly as you said, I believe that we are stronger together and we can raise each other up. And how amazing does it feel when you support someone else and someone comes to you for advice and you go, yeah, I can help you with that. And it's just, it just is a lovely feeling, you know, for you and it helps that person. So I've networked in a number of different ways. And I'm very open about the fact that when I started, I never went to any networking meetings because I didn't have the time. I wasn't really that confident. I was trying to get the work done that I could, you know, the the billable hours that I could work when I didn't when I had childcare. I had no networking events. Exactly. So I just didn't have any there was no time to go to networking events. I've started going to more in-person networking now and I enjoy it. I think it's about finding your groove with that because when you first start and people hear that you're starting out, there's like, oh come to my B and I networking at like 7 a.m. and you know that that is just not for me that kind of very corporate there with your briefcase kind of networking is not for me so I think it's about finding your people isn't it it is definitely and I I always say to 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 people that I'm working with you know try lots of different environments you know most good networking environments will let you at least come and do a taster session so you can get a flavor of the people the flavor of the setup you know does it do I feel comfortable am I with my people is is this going to be valuable to me because I think it's very easy to sort of get sucked into the BNIs of this world and actually it's not everybody's bag and you can be spending a fortune and not getting anything out of it so I think it's that classic try before you buy element are there any particular groups that you have really enjoyed being part of and and it would sort of big up so in-person networking yes yeah, yeah. I think so, we're pretty much all back to in-person you know? yeah so there's a couple of there's a local one that I go to called the hook project which is fantastic and the kind of it's in Colchester where I live and the networking that I like now is just where you're just hanging out with business owners you know, you don't have to do an elevator pitch if you don't want to. That particular one, the Hook Project, they have someone there that's speaking about something business related or mindset. And then we all get a bit of time to hang out and have a coffee together and you chat to people, other business owners. And that for me is great. Um, and there's another business network, which is based, it's based in Manchester. So it's my accountant um, and a coach who's a friend of mine have teamed up and it's called the Organised Entrepreneurs Club. And I've kind of got involved with them now. We're running some events down south because they have a big community in Manchester, but they also have clients in the south and and no one running networking meetings. So I've got involved in the south. So that's fantastic. And I love that. And they do all sorts. We've got a networking brunch coming up in September in London. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, So they are two that I enjoy being part of. Oh, they sound really good. They, I do. I have to say, I think if you are a VA and you're looking for networking, do, I mean, Yes, Google, but talk to other people around you. My accountant is 
a fountain of all knowledge when it comes yeah. to those sort of things. Tap into your accountant because they're probably likely to know. How did you know what was the sign or the signal or the the kind of, I don't know, light bulb moment that you wanted to go from that VA into the coaching element, when the business coaching element? When was that obvious to you and how did that all come about? I think it was when more and more people were asking me how I did it and how to do it, how to set their business up. And I was helping lots of people. And then I suddenly just felt like I'm helping you know, my friend's aunt's sister. And I just thought, you know, sometimes they wouldn't even come back to me. They might email me and say, oh, so-and-so's told me you've got a VA business. Can you tell me how to do it? And I'd I'd send them a long email and I'd, or I'd have a call with them and sometimes they never came back to me. And I started to think, actually, I'm imparting everything that I've learned, all of my knowledge, and actually not just from the, those that time that I'd been a VA, but probably all the things that I'd learned, like I'm saying to you, over those 15 years at that point of working in different businesses, and I just started to think then, oh, I think I can make some money from this. And for as long as I can remember, I remember saying to my boyfriend at the time, it must have been about 2016, I'd been to the Stylist Live event in London and I'd, I'd listened to a coach speak on a stage. And I got on the train with him and I went home and I said, um, went to this thing today and it really made me think I really want to be a coach one day. And I was in EA at the time. And he was like, Lucy, how are you going to do that? Not, not in a nasty way, but just it's very different to what you do now. And I really believe then I'd put that out to the universe. I'd sent that thought out, I'm going to be a coach one day. And slowly, 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 everything aligned and it happened. But it it really was when I was helping more and more people and I was starting to think, why am I doing all this for free? And I'll always help friends. I'll always help close friends or family. Absolutely always will. But people that I didn't know that were coming to me and I'm thinking, no, I can make some money from doing this. And I think there's always that element of part of the relationship, you know, there's a sort of give and take thing, isn't there? I mean, I know that, you know, certainly in my experience, quite often I'll end up with a coaching and mentoring client because we've done a little bit of work or I've given them a bit of guidance or whatever at the early outset. So, you know, it's kind of that sort of give and take thing, isn't it? You know, if you're going to invest in me, I'll give you a little bit sort of to get you going um, as well. And in terms of um, your split now are you a hundred percent focused on the coaching and mentoring or are you still doing a bit of mixture of both so I'm a big believer in having different income streams and I think that gives us stability and security as business owners so I do have I I would don't really call it VA work anymore it's more I'm not an online business manager but it's more marketing support project support that kind of thing for a couple of clients which is retainer based which is work I do every month And then I also have my coaching work that comes in on top. And obviously my membership, I go back to my old work. So Deco um, once, twice a year, I work on some projects for them as well, which is really nice. Um, They've really embraced having freelancers in the business, which is really great. So I do that a bit as well. So I like to have the um, just a bit of variety in the work that I do. You're a bit like me. I love having a little bit of everything. (laughs) that kind of no no chance of ever having a routine in my house because <laughs> no two seconds or days are the same I and I really it, it it keeps me energized I think if it was all the same I would find that my energy and enthusiasm would really dip off um I would really like to get your thoughts on the importance um of having a sort of coach and mentor as a female business owner you know what what do you think that brings in terms of value? 
I've always said to people when they ask, what is the benefit of having a coach? I always think it's time and space. You get that time and that space to go through your worries, your concerns, what you're excited about, your vision, what you want to work on with somebody in a space of time. And I know better than anyone, we don't often give ourselves that time, you know, that we just don't. And actually, if we do, we're pulled in different directions. So when you're on a call with someone or you're sitting in person with a coach, you are giving that person your undivided attention and working with them on something for that hour or however long it's for. So it really is focus. And it's also learning from someone who has perhaps been in your position, um, being able to talk to someone without any judgment, without any just complete acceptance. Um, I think one thing that I hear a lot from people is that friends and family don't get it. And I think when you're self-employed and everyone else around you is employed, there's a bit of this, you know, there's, they just don't get it sometimes, do they? You probably experience that as well. I really experienced that. Um, and it, 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 it's really funny. I certainly when I was doing my transition into setting up the, the coaching and mentoring element, um, you know, that was relatively new to me. I, learned the train the trainer kind of stuff in my corporate days but that whole thing of you know really engaging and connecting with people on the coaching and mentoring side and I spoke to a few people locally and who I kind of held in fairly high regard but they didn't really understand what I was trying to achieve and they didn't know enough about my industry to really give me the knowledge that I needed so I actually funny enough I, I think the person who helped me the most was Alicia Fairclough at EA How To um, she was brilliant she was absolutely brilliant but I had a safe sounding board somebody who I really respected and who talked my language I guess is probably why it was valuable to me um you know and and I I really really relish those those sessions that we had um what one piece of advice would you give to a VA starting out on their journey one piece is really really hard <laughs> really yep. difficult because there's a lot I'd like to say I don't mind let's <laughs> open it up let's just pack it out there let's load it all onto them come on if I could just, I'll try and keep it to one thing. And I probably would say, be true to yourself because I often work with people who want to do everything for everyone because they think they should. Who's Where's the should coming from? You know, when I left ADECO and I set the business up, I decided to work with recruitment professionals, but actually I had no interest really in recruitment. I had an interest in coaching. That's what I really wanted to get involved in. So it took me a few months to realize that I could go after that and go after that work that I felt aligned to and that felt good for me to work with people that are going to inspire me and play to my strengths as well. So I think just don't be afraid to be you mm -hmm. and swim in your own lane and break away from who you think you were before in that corporate job. You can be whoever you want to be. If you have an interest in something and you can turn your skills to that, then run with it. Um, you don't have to conform to that identity of the nine to fiver that you were this is your time that's what I say to people I think it's really empowering you can yeah. do the work that you want to do for the people that you want to work with you don't have to do the crap work that you don't like anymore you can do what you love you absolutely can and the work is there 
Yeah. I think I would, I would, the only caveat that I always add to all of that is if you are launching this as your business straight off the bat, you may have to kiss some frogs before. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I do agree with that. Yeah. Just to make sure that the income stream is yes. so that you can, you know, pay your bills, etc. But I also think that that is vital for your learning about who you are and what you do and what you don't like. Because I think sometimes when we have been in that employed realm for a while, you don't really get the opportunity to think about what I do and what I don't like because you're employed you're doing a job and you just we slightly become slaves to it don't we but also spend some time when you first set up to do the stuff about what do you really like what aspects of your skills do you really enjoy using and I think those are the things that I always defer to you know but don't worry about kissing a few frogs on the way because Mm -hmm. there will be some handsome princes in there that will help you kind of mold and 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 I'm really interested in about your mindful business membership um, I know nothing about it. And the lovely Joe who helps me sort of told me about it. But I really want to hear from you about it. So that was something that I've been thinking about doing for a while. And I do feel like in business, we can have these thoughts and they can just go over and over in your head. And actually, you just got to wait for the right time. And and it just it felt like I had to just go through though, that thought process. And I launched it a couple of months ago. Um, it's called the Mindful Business Membership. And it's my ethos, like you said at the start, is it's about life and business. So I wouldn't say I'm purely a business coach because we always talk about what's happening in life as well if we need to in those sessions, because I really believe that our personal foundations are the cornerstones of our success. If our personal life is crumbling, you cannot build a business on that. It's just not possible. Um, so it is a place for female business owners to feel part of something, feel connected. That was the thing that I have felt like I've been missing at certain points in my self-employed journey, just not feeling connected to others and wanting to feel part of something. I'm part of a really great um, business community called Found and Flourish, which I guess is a networking group, which I didn't mention earlier, but it's a more like an online membership. Okay. So I wanted it to be somewhere I could create a community. And I've had a Facebook, a free Facebook group since the start of COVID. So since 2020, and that grew really nicely. And I felt that I really enjoyed doing that community building thing in a, in a closed group like that um, and I'd go live every week and I'd share and I'd do free training and stuff and people said to me no you should you should monetize this you should make something of this so I switched up earlier this year so we have lots of different things that happen every month so we have a group coaching session and yep. um, we have someone that comes in who does a kind of a guest workshop or slot so we've had Abby Adams come and talk about feminine health which I just think is so important for us as women ah. to get in tune with our cycles and all that kind of stuff um we've got another coach friend of mine this month coming to talk about self-care for productivity we have a copywriter coming in we've got a nutritionist coming in so it's that kind of thing is a really nice mix of business and self-care and lifestyle but there's also some coaching resources that that people can have access to we've got a facebook group we've been doing some co-working sessions over the summer in the evenings for people that want to do a bit of work together yeah. so it's something that feels quite natural to me because I do enjoy that building communities and and 
speaking to people in that way and doing training and coaching online so it's just it feels like a nice place to be at the moment and love that and it's that sort of balance between well-being and learning as well yeah. it's really nice to have that kind of intermingled it's that's really attractive Lucy clever very clever thank you it's not something that I actually and people say this is crazy I don't envisage it growing with crazy numbers in there I don't want it to I probably will cap it eventually because I don't I want to be able to service everyone in there and get to everyone and if people are chatting in the group I want to be able to get to it I don't want it to be a huge group because personally I feel more comfortable and get more from smaller groups and I think people are it just feels a bit more intimate that way exactly I think that makes a lot of sense I think you're right I think women generally thrive and feel more comfortable in those smaller environments where at least their voice can get heard I think you get too big then you get to that awful point where you just can't contribute and you don't see the value for for yourself and you are definitely a lady who has not much spare time I'm guessing no not a lot of spare time (laughs) could do with a bit more (laughs) yeah where's that 25th hour in the day love it where do you see yourself and your business in five years time Lucy are you a planner and executor or or is it just I'm going to take it as it comes so amongst the chaos of life as you just basically said I haven't actually thought much about the next five years but it's a really great question because we've actually recently moved house to a house I hope we will stay in for a long time so I don't think that sounds like somebody who's moved a lot. Do you? you (laughs) I've moved a few times in in the last 10 years. Um, So I hope that this will be a house that we'll live in for quite a while. So I don't, I don't see actually life being that different. I'd actually love for things to be really similar to how they are now, but I can see a few other things in my business I'd love to do. So I'd love to have some physical products. I see journals, um, you know, cards, stationery that kind of thing I'd love to have a whole lovely product offering and like go back to my roots as a buyer and you know start developing some products I would love that um I'd love to write a book that's another thing I don't know how that's going to happen but I'm going to manifest it um I would love to run some, some retreats so I've been on a couple of retreats myself and similar to what I was saying to the ethos is of my my community my membership I'd love to run some retreats that are kind of business woven in with some you know some nice well-being stuff and some good food and like a lovely location that really appeals to me um as well as continuing to work with my amazing clients of course well that all sounds fantastic and I know that if you set your mind to it you will definitely be getting all of those things done and off the to-do list so look out for merch from Lucy's <laughs> retreats by Lucy and everything else that's going to be coming Lucy you're an absolute powerhouse I can't tell you I'm so impressed by how much you're doing and I guess we're all really grateful for what you're doing for our community as well so I I'm very, very grateful that you've taken a little bit of time out of your very busy schedule to to chat with me. And and I'm sure the listeners will love listening to it in due course. All Lucy's contact details will be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to Lucy with any of her multiple offerings, please do. Um, Lucy, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes.
And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.